podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Rock Shock Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are getting ready to wrap up the season of the podcast here. You know, we do this every single year, um, have a nice, big, spectacular to kind of end it all, and then take a little bit of a break before the next football season starts. So to help me wrap up the final, I guess, the, the final news that we're going to talk about KUI, and then talk a little bit about what it is that we can look forward to this summer when there's not really a whole lot of KU news going on. I have Steve Fetch, our basketball editor over at Rock Chalk Talk, joining me. Fetch, how are you doing tonight? Great. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. So, yeah, it's the uh, end of the season. Been an eventful year for the Jayhawks, um, just overall. Uh, there's just a little bit of news that came down in the last couple weeks uh, that we haven't had a chance to talk about here yet. So, we're going to jump first over to football, where the big news, I think, is the fact that Karan Prunty decided to transfer from, from Kansas. And he was a guy that we were thinking we had dodged a bullet, you know, not getting a guy like him to transfer. You know, he was a freshman All-American in his first year, so that was going to be absolutely phenomenal. He was expected to be one of the best players on this Kansas team moving forward. Just, do you have any brief thoughts about either him moving on or what this does for the for the Kansas team, or does it just generally suck? Well, yeah, I mean, t- tough to blame him. Obviously, he, you know, committed and played for a, a different coach than uh, who Kansas says now. So I don't think you can ever really blame a kid for transferring in that situation um, or, or in any situation, really. Um, obviously from Kansas's standpoint, uh, their football team is in a, a different position than from their basketball team. You know, Kansas takes a chance on a guy who uh, the local schools in Virginia didn't offer and turn him into a freshman all American. And then he leaves maybe to go back to that area, which is kind of the, you know, the inverse of probably what you're going to see with, you know, Kansas basketball, maybe not offering kids who go have a great, freshman sophomore year and then maybe transfer to Kansas. So it's a, a you know, when some of you lose them there, but um, yeah, just, just kind of stinks. Um, you wish they could hold on to some of that talent and, and hopefully as the years progress in the Lance Leipold era, they hold on to more talent, but um, based on kind of who they've got coming in and stuff, I, I think that the, the future is bright and they might not win a ton of games this year, obviously, but I think over the course of, uh, his tenure, I, I do think that they're going to win uh, quite a few games. And I think he's going to get them back to respectability. So hopefully this is just a minor speed bump along that road. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, as we're going to start seeing, I think, more and more basketball, Karan Prunty came and broke out, you know, being a freshman All-American on Kansas, like that's a huge accomplishment, you know, especially on the defense. Um, but, you know, last I heard, he's drawing interest from teams like Ohio State. You know, he's he performed absolutely phenomenally at Kansas on a team that didn't have a whole lot of talent to kind of help him him out. You didn't hear much about him in the in the like the last half of the season because opposing teams really, for the most part, wouldn't even throw to him because he was shutting down that well. So, you know, it's one of those things you, know, you obviously hate to lose him, but you can't blame him for going out. You know, after he sh- completely balled out here at Kansas for one year, going out somewhere and finding somewhere else he can go where he can showcase himself a little bit more, probably win quite a bit more and actually contribute to that winning for a, a very good team. I'll be interested to see where he ends up, you know, and I'll kind of be following him and, and kind of hoping him the best. But, you know, it's like you said, it's hard to blame him for wanting to move on and taking advantage of that opportunity that, he, that he's going to have after the one year that he gave us here at Kansas. So um, best of luck to him. Kansas is going to have a lot of guys come in. 
like you said, they're, they're going through a, a culture change right now. They're going through, you know, a lot of upheaval. And so it's not that big of a deal, I think, for them to lose a guy like this this early, especially since they didn't lose, you know, 20 different players or something like that. They've basically lost four guys that were all going to be big contributors on this team if they all stayed. But it wasn't, you know, it's not really the end of the world that they're all gone. I'm definitely going to miss them. But Kansas will be okay. These guys are going to move on to a much better situation. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. Yep, totally agree. I mean, if they don't, you know, there's no sense in uh, keeping someone there who doesn't want to be there. So uh, I think the, you know, restricting or the uh, loosening of the transfer restrictions uh, in the long run is actually, you know, probably better where, you know, he can transfer and not have to sit out a year and, and play somewhere that he wants to be. Whereas, you know, maybe if he would have had to sit out a year, he wouldn't have transferred, but would have been unhappy at Kansas and his play would have suffered, which, uh, you know, would hurt Kansas as well as him. So, uh, win-win. Hopefully he does well, and, and hopefully Kansas replaces him with someone who's just as good and and uh, can you know potentially get the the Lance Leipold air off to a roaring start this fall. Yeah, I mean, and there's definitely some other transfers that are out there that Kansas is being linked to. Jeremy Webb is one, um, you know, that could potentially jump in and you know, kind of take his spot as a starter. But you know, if if that's the price you pay, is losing those three or four guys. You know, in in or with the the new transfer rules allowing them to move out, but all the Buffalo guys that you got, you know, and kind of the ability to to almost transplant a good portion of that Buffalo culture over here to get a head start, I think I I would actually take that trade at this point, even though you do lose some talented guys. So, all right, moving on to the other KU related story that's happened since the last time that we uh, had a podcast here over at Rock Chalk Podcast, um, the the NBA draft combine invites went out. Ochai Abaji did receive an invite. He's the only Kansas player to get one. Jalen Wilson didn't get one. I don't think many people expected Marcus Garrett to get one, but um, I, were you surprised that, that Jalen Wilson didn't get an invite? And uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, um, kind of actually. I mean, he he seems like the kind of guy that you know. I don't think his his prospects this year are incredibly high, but he does seem like the type of guy who um, is kind of the prototype for what the NBA is looking for. Uh, long can play multiple positions. I uh, can't really guard multiple positions, which is kind of what they want. But, um, you know, you would think that they would um, use that opportunity to, to tell him, hey, work on X, Y and Z next year. And, and maybe you can be a, a first round pick uh, next summer. But, um, yeah, for that reason, I'm, I'm a little surprised. But who knows with, you know, the pandemic and stuff. I don't know how that impacted. You know, they just had a virtual combine last year. And, and I'm sure plenty of guys. Uh, stayed in school an extra year or whatever. Um, so the, the combine list is probably a little bit more crowded this year. So a um, little surprised, even though I, I don't think he's ever really been a threat to leave um, for the draft. Uh, and I think he'll be back in school next year and, and think he would have been regardless. So maybe that played into it as well a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, kind of like to your point where, you know, I think it would, this is a crowded draft this year with a whole bunch of guys that stay a lot longer than they normally would have because of the pandemic. Um, you know, I, I also think the fact that he was injured during the year and missed a decent chunk of the season probably hurt in terms of, you know, teams getting enough of a look at him that they're like, yeah, we definitely want him to come in so we can give him a proper evaluation. Um, I, I also just think that there was he, he was inconsistent enough that while there's probably a decent amount of potential with how crowded this this draft class is, there's probably a bunch of other guys as well that had similar types of potential um, that, you know, maybe had a, bit, a little bit of an opportunity to actually establish themselves as guys they wanted to to, to be able to see. So, I, you know, I also wonder, too, how much of those 
you know, or how much the likelihood that a player is going to stay in the draft, you know, weighs in on who they actually invite to the combine. Because I think it's pretty clear that Jalen Wilson is going to come back to school. Um, you know, that he would have had to essentially have just gone ballistic at the at the NBA draft combine, you know, and and gotten like a first round guarantee from a bunch of different teams or something like that for him to actually stay in the draft at this point. So, um, I, you know, I've also heard that he's going to get invited potentially to the G League camp, which you know, if you perform well there, then you can get a couple invites to that draft combine at that point as well. So, um, you know, there's still an opportunity for him to do that. I think he's still going to get some evaluation, but ultimately I don't think that that he's seen enough in this evaluation period for him to stay in the draft unless he just goes crazy at the G league, you know, combine and, and, and that camp and then gets an invite to the NBA draft combine and really shows out there. And I, you know, as as much as I think the guy can take a big step forward and can actually do that kind of stuff, I don't think it's going to happen this summer. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I, I think, you know, normally I'm uh, Hey, if a guy wants to go, I think it's probably a good idea. All that sort of thing. Uh, Jalen Wilson is the rare case where I think it's probably smart for him to come back because I think with a strong year next year, I really do think he can, you know, potentially get himself into maybe that late first round or certainly be a, certainly be a second round pick with, you know, he's six, eight, six, nine, uh, pretty good shooter, improving shooter, uh, really improved his body from his, well, freshman to his redshirt freshman, I guess, year. Um, and it, you expect him to do so again, uh, to his sophomore year. And, and I think with another year of improvement really can be, a um, you know, a top notch player in the big 12, which, you know, lends itself to being, a an NBA draft pick. So I, I definitely think, um, of all the people who have decisions to make, I do think he's one of the few who it does make sense to come back to school next year. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and honestly, just with how many games he missed due to injury, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I wasn't surprised at all that one, he wanted to try to go get whatever feedback he could just to kind of see where he's at. But two, that he was ultimately going to come back to school. So it's, I think it's just a matter of time before he announces that he's coming back. He's probably going to see out the process to get as much evaluation as he can, but I'm really not that worried about him staying in the draft or deciding to go professional overseas or anything like that. I, I expect to see him back in a Jayhawk uniform next year. Um, what about what about Ochai Abaji? You know, he he did receive a, a a an invite. I don't think that was unexpected though. Um, so like, are are you? Do you think that anything has changed from him or for him in terms of how likely he is to to stay in the draft or or, or to come back to school? Well, it's interesting. You know, when when he left, a lot of people thought that his uh, his Instagram message or wherever he posted that you know meant he probably was gone just based on the way that he he phrased it. And then when Jalen Coleman lands, who uh, isn't Ochai Abaji, but kind of does a lot of similar things as him offensively anyway, uh, committed, you thought, okay, he's gone for sure. And then CJ Moore came out with that interview of him in The Athletic, and, and I think he had a couple of tweets afterwards on Twitter basically saying that it's not a done deal by any stretch of the imagination. Um, that kind of puts some doubt into my mind, but... Yeah, with him being in the combine and and from what it sounds like, just kind of reading between the tea leaves and, and reading online and stuff, it does sound like any even remote promise of, hey, you can even have a two-way deal if you don't get drafted, that sort of thing, uh, does lead me to think that he is eventually going to keep his name in the draft and, and probably, you know, start making money, which for him, you know, it's a flip side of Jalen Wilson, I think is probably a a good idea for him. I think he's kind of maxed out what he can be. He's a good spot up shooter. Uh, he's an okay shooter off the dribble, good on ball defender. His off ball defending kind of comes and goes and he's not a very good passer or ball handler. So some of those things are, are things that are better worked on 
at the professional level. And I don't really see his stock unless he goes all buddy healed from uh, 2017 or 2018 or whichever year that was. Um, I don't really see uh, any upside to him coming back to school. So I definitely do uh, see him leaving. And I think he'll probably do well in the combine just because he's a good athlete and good at that one-on-one type stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things I could definitely see him leaving. And and, I mean, I think a lot of Kansas fans and and the Kansas staff is probably prepared for that probability there. Um, But I also wouldn't necessarily be shocked if he came back, you know, I don't, I don't know what kind of feedback he's going to get and where he's going to actually get promised in terms of, you know, getting drafted. Um, But I, I do agree of the three, you know, potential KU players that are still, in the process at this point, um, you know, that, that have a chance to come back. Abaji is clearly the one that's most likely to, to, to stay in the draft and go, um, you know, it, obviously because he was the only one invited to, to the combine, you know, that's kind of an automatic, but I also just think kind of like you said, he is probably the most NBA ready. He can probably do the most right now. And so he's going to have a decent shot, I think, to at least get a two a contract to have an opportunity there to, you know, to really, make an impact or, or, you know, put a stamp on a potential team and their camp and try to find a way to find his way onto a roster. So I definitely, I wouldn't be shocked if he went. I also wouldn't be shocked if he came back though. I think the one thing that did surprise me from the list though, I was expecting to see Remy Martin on on the, on the invite list and he was nowhere to be found unless I missed something. Um, Were you surprised he wasn't on that list? You know, I kind of didn't even think to look, um, just because he wasn't on the team last year and it just kind of is still right. like, a, oh yeah, that's right. He's going to be on the team next year. But yeah, that is kind of surprising. I mean, obviously he's an older player, so, you know, maybe they're trending towards having the younger guys, although I don't think that's really been the case in the past, but um, yeah, just kind of given how good he was in college and the fact that uh, he definitely has some improving to do in terms of what he can do as a professional, you know, he's a short point guard who isn't a great shooter that's not really going to be super attractive to NBA team so um, maybe that lack of profile is what didn't get him invited Um, but I would just think that he'd be maybe the type of guy where uh, NBA GMs would like to get uh, a sense of how he plays in five-on-five action against other NBA draft prospects just to see kind of you know uh, what his stock should be and, and where his game is at so yeah a little a little surprised but obviously I think uh, you know, I think pretty good news for Kansas because uh, yeah. they're probably going to have the the preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year on their team. I would think. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because I, you know, I think I think what that really shows the most, like the 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 biggest takeaway I get from that, is that the Pac twelve for all the talk about how, you know how great the league was and how underrated they were, um, it it sure doesn't seem like the NBA you know thinks so because I mean yeah there was a decent number of Pac twelve you know team or players on the list that were invited. But if you don't have your, your, you know, player of the year in the conference invited to the com- to the combine, because he was on a team that wasn't necessarily the greatest team, um, you know, and didn't get a whole lot of exposure. That means you either have one, an exposure problem or two, you have a problem with, you know, the NBA, not really taking what you do seriously. And, and so that's a, a worrying sign. I think if you're the PAC 12, um, but obviously you're right. It's fantastic for Kansas. If that really ups the chances that Remy Martin comes back, because I think he's going to be a key piece for this team next year. Yeah. I think frankly, if you're looking at keys for the team next year, I think he's probably number one. And then I'd probably think, you know, maybe either David McCormick or Jalen Wilson uh, at number two. So the fact that it seems pretty clear at this point that he's going to be in a KU uniform 
uh, is really good news for the Jayhawks. Yeah, most definitely. All right. So I did want to kind of jump. Obviously, this is the end of like the the KU news that we have. There's going to be some stuff that happen during the summer, but I don't know how much we can actually expect in terms of big stories before we come back. Um, We will be off just to kind of give you guys a preview of of what's happening over the summer. We are actually taking the entire month of July off here at, at the Rock Talk podcast. Um, there may be a bonus episode here or there if there's a gigantic story you want to cover or if I have like a review of a book or something like that. Um, but as of right now, the, the plan is to not have any episodes in July. And then we're going to go absolutely crazy at the beginning of August with all the football coverage and bringing everything back. But I did want to talk with Fetch here about some things to keep an eye on, whether it's you know other sports that are happening or just kind of things to make sure you don't go bored out of your mind in that entire month of July when there's usually not a whole lot happening on the sports calendar, you know, unless you like baseball and don't have a team that's absolutely horrible in baseball. So before we do that, though, I do need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk podcast. If you love the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big 10, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horn Frogs, and the Bears. We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. And we're back. All right. So, Fetch, wanted to ask you, first of all, in terms of additional news that you're expecting to come out for any of the KU teams, you know, whether it's whether it's football or basketball or any of the other teams that, that, that Kansas has, are you expecting anything or, or are there certain stories that you're going to keep an eye out for and, and kind of hope that we hear something about those? You know, I think there's probably going to be some more transfer news, uh, certainly for the football team. Um, they probably, you know, in out that sort of thing. Anytime a, a new coaching uh, staff turnover takes place, you get that kind of stuff. Um, basketball stuff. I, you know, I think it's just the NBA draft stuff and, uh, hey, if, uh, you know, Ochai Baji does say, does Kansas try to fill that scholarship or do they just right. ride with what they have and, and hold on to that scholarship? Or, um, you know, hey, maybe if someone else uh, pulls their name out of the draft and it's uh, someone on the level of, you know, an Ochai Baji, does Kansas try to get involved, that sort of thing. So those are those are really the only things I think that, uh, you know, barring any kind of surprise, which I don't I don't think would be good news at this point. Um, those are really the only things that, that I think are probably, you know, what we should look forward to this summer. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say there's maybe the potential for talk about like a QB battle for, for KU football or other things like that, but there's not going to be a lot of, you know, in-person workouts or actual summer practices, you know, summer camp is going to start gearing up as we're getting ready to come back. So it's not like there's gonna be a whole bunch that were going to happen, you know, during that that month of July. So but we'll definitely cover those when that happens. So instead, let's go ahead and turn our attention to everything else happening in the sports world. We normally have a random sports minute. I think we're going to expand it to like a random sports like 10 to 12 minutes here. Um so we can go ahead and kind of just chat about everything that's happening. You know, there's already a whole bunch on the schedule just like the Olympics wise. Obviously, that getting pushed back because of COVID is going to be phenomenal for people that are looking for something to follow this summer. I always love to, especially the Summer Olympics, I always love to, to you know, follow all the games and, and everything that's happening there. But are there, are there any specific sports, whether it's Olympics or any of the other sports that you follow that most people don't pay attention to that you wanted to highlight? Yeah, well, so 
tomorrow, I, the return of my me actually writing uh, words on the website should be returning with uh, a preview of the uh, Cricket World Test Championship final uh, between India and New Zealand, um, which there will be a huge explainer about all that and stuff. But basically all of the, the teams in the world that play Test Cricket, there's currently 12 of them um, engaged in a kind of a double round robin i guess that's not really a, a great way to explain it because not everyone played everyone but um, basically a season where they uh you know played a select number of teams and uh the top two ranked teams after that which are as i said india and new zealand uh, are meeting starting friday in the uh, first ever world championship of test cricket so uh for those of you out there which is probably most of you who don't know test cricket is the you know, the reason why everyone jokes about it taking forever, it is the one that takes about five days to play. Um, and in the past, there's never been like a like a championship or a World Cup or anything like that for it. Basically, teams would just kind of play each other on their own schedules. And uh, the International Cricket Council would come out with rankings. And that's just kind of how you would know who the best is. So um, kind of weird that it took uh, like 125 years or something like that to have an actual uh, championship, but here we are. So, so uh, it would it would exciting. be like soccer if there was no World Cup, basically. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So there's so there's you know there's cricket World Cups, but it's for different you know versions of the game and stuff. And and this is the you know this is the oldest version of it, and uh, I don't think I would call it the most popular, but um, certainly the oldest version of it, and kind of the one that uh, you know how old school baseball people are always so you know romantic about the game and stuff this is like kind of that version of it i guess so yeah uh, it is it is weird that they went this long without a championship but now we have one yeah you know you i, I figured that cricket was gonna be the first thing you talked about and you know our, our friends over at uh 1320 uh you know rock chalk sports talk they they they've started talking about cricket like more regularly than ever i, I just have to assume that you had something to do with that Oh, absolutely. I did. I, yeah. uh, I have been tweeting and will continue to do so. Uh, I'm trying to parlay it into like a, you know, regular, uh, spot on there, but not to talk basketball, just to talk cricket, right? Just to talk cricket. Well, you know what? I yeah. think, I think everybody needs a cricket correspondent for their radio program. So exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, what about, what about Olympics? Was there any specific Olympic storylines that you were really interested in coming up here? Um, other than obviously, you know, there's a lot of talk about, Japan and like this, the situation surrounding COVID over there and all of that stuff. But in, in terms of the actual games themselves, any particular, um, you know, athletes or teams or even events that, that you're really interested in that, that people should really be yeah. paying attention to. Yeah. I was going to say, obviously the big, uh, the big one is just whether they're going to happen at all, but um seems like they will. It seems like they're going to forge ahead regardless. Um, I would say, I, I think yeah, they're, they're going to force it, even if it probably is something that they yeah. shouldn't do. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe this is just because they have the, the swimming uh, Olympic trials going on right now. But um, Katie Ledecky, who has won, uh, oh boy, I'd have to double check. I think six gold medals, five of them individual, um, probably is going to uh, be the first um, gold medalist in the 1500 meters. This is, uh, it's being raced for the first time ever at the Olympics. Um, you know, 1500 meters, obviously. Uh, about a mile uh, takes 20 something minutes for people to swim. And I think she's probably going to win by, you know, a few pool lengths. So um, that'll be kind of interesting to watch. And I think she's also probably going to cement herself as the best uh, female swimmer of all time. Um, I think she has the second most 
career individual gold medals among female swimmers. Um, and, and the most in terms of swimmers who have done it spread out over multiple Olympics. So, um, that'll be kind of the main thing for me to watch. And then I think, you know, uh, everyone knows who Simone Biles is obviously, but, um, maybe the best gymnast of all time. I'm frankly, I'm not really a huge gymnastics guy. Um, I, I have kind of a theory that if it requires judges, it shouldn't be, uh, considered a sport, but, um, no doubt that watching her, uh, do her thing is, uh, impressive as all hell. So, um, that's going to be something to, to watch as well. Those are probably the, the two main ones. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Baseball being back in the Olympics. That's a pretty good one. Uh, softball being back in the Olympics as well. That's a good one as well. I mean, uh, all sorts of, all sorts of cool stuff going on. Um, yeah, honestly, the, I was, I was kind of surprised, um, you know, that, that baseball and softball were, were able to find their way back in after being jettisoned, <laughs> You know, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. glad to have it back. I enjoy baseball. I just unfortunately root for a team who is absolutely horrible in baseball, even though, you know, they they have won the, the World Series. Yeah, not not in the too distant past, but like they went. It, it's almost like that, you know, three year period where they were good didn't actually happen because they went from being god awful to now being god awful again. Um, but yeah, so, you know, yeah, it, I shouldn't uh... go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do this off the top of my head, too, but but one other thing, you know, there's some some new sports in this Olympics, as there always is. Uh, rock climbing is coming in. Um, three-on-three three basketball is coming in, which will be fun, although uh, of note, the U.S. men did not qualify, even though they're the top-ranked team in the world. They were upset in the qualifying tournaments by, I think, the Netherlands, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and, then, and then skateboarding, which, you know, back to my, if it's judged, it's not a sport uh, shtick. And then speaking of, uh, break dancing is going to be in the Olympics. I have no idea how they're going to determine a winner of that, but that might be kind of interesting to watch. Yeah, that's going to be weird. You know, I, I I also think I'll be interested to kind of see about the surfing. Uh, I don't know what kind of team the the, oh, that's the right. U.S. has, but you know, I mean, that's a that's an interesting one. I've seen a few surfing competitions on TV, um, and they're usually pretty interesting. Although I I don't know, I I do think it kind of sucks to you know come up to or basically be uh, you know, be unlucky enough that you just don't get a good wave. And so then you're out because you can't do the kind of tricks that you need to actually stay into it. So, um, you know, I think, I think one, like judging events are, are one thing, but judging events that re- require, you know, good luck with uncertain, like weather conditions. Um, yeah, I, I think that takes it to another level there. So it, it'll be interesting. I think it'll be kind of cool to watch some of it, assuming that they actually have a good, you know, and, and, and actually good or competition there. But, you know, I, I would be worried about potentially, you know, that being a dud of a competition just because of things that are completely outside the control of the actual competitors. Yeah, that's I mean, that is going to be kind of weird, but surfing is definitely something, you know, if you catch it on TV at like, like two in the morning or whatever on Fox Sports 8 or whatever oh, channel yeah. it's on, uh, that's always kind of a fun thing just to, to peek in for a little bit. So. Um, yeah, those, those are kind of the main things, but I just, you know, frankly, I, I like watching all of it. Um, team handball, you know, the thing where you're running up and down on the basketball court and like throwing the ball in the net. That's always a, yeah. a fun one to watch, even though the U S sucks at it. Although I, I maintain, couldn't you just take, you know, bench guys from five NBA teams and just go out there and wreck everyone. I mean, I, I would think that you just, yeah, give there's them a, a little bit more to it than just pushing the ball down. The ah, field. come on. <laughs> 
but ah, still, no, the, the, the other one that's like low key, one of my favorite sports that most people don't pay any attention to would be water polo. Um, I, I don't know. I, I always found that to be fascinating. Um, maybe it's the fact that I, you know, played final fantasy 10 and they have that, that blitz ball in there and it was kind of somewhat similar to me, but, uh, I always found water polo a little weird, but kind of, I don't know, kind of intriguing to me. So I'll be interested to kind of see all the different stuff. Uh, I, I do like to check out the test events. Um, you know, we're not, we're not actually going to have any podcast. Well, we'll probably be wrapping up. Um, or I'm sorry, the, the, the games will actually still be going when we actually come back from our break here. So we might have some sort of podcast that talks a little bit about it, do some random sports minute. Heck, I might even bring you on to the first few episodes that are going to be heavily football focused, but got to get our random sports minute. So I I might bring you on for just a series of random sports minutes focused on the Olympics. So we'll see. But anyway, perfect. Um, all right. So, so final thing here before we get out of here, there was a question that we actually got on Twitter, um, from Jason Mitchum. He was asking what Kansan does KU eventually land, whether it's Mitchell or Shaw. So I'm going to let you go first on that. Do you, do you have a strong feeling one way or another on either of those? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've heard a lot about Mark Mitchell, who for the record, uh, used to play at, uh, Oh shoot. I forgot where he played now. Um, but anyway, he's from the, the Casey area, uh, just transferred to, to sunrise in Wichita. Um, one of the top, Oh, I don't know. 10 to 15 guys probably in, in this next class. Um, so definitely someone that Kansas has been on for a while. Um, someone who, you know, a lot of the, the crystal balls and stuff are, are thinking he might uh, go to Kansas. I think UCLA uh, and Duke are two other schools that are really in the hunt for him. So um, yeah, I, I think he's probably the guy just based off of, you know, again, I, I don't super follow recruiting. I know who about, 10 guys are per year, you know? So, um, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't know a ton. I don't have a ton of like, uh, inside scoop on this, but just based on, you know, what I've read and stuff like that. Um, and, and kind of reading between the tea leaves, I think he's probably got a chance, uh, or the better chance to be, a, a Jayhawk. The other guy is, uh, Aiden Shaw, four star who, um, I think is from Stillwell, if I remember correctly, Correct. Yep. Uh, original, originally, um, yeah, so he so, he's at Blue Valley uh, High School. Um, a, Mitchell a, a lower, Mitchell was at Bishop Miege before he went down to Sunrise Christian. So okay, sure. But yeah, they, they're both small okay, forwards. That's right, he was. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Okay, they're both small um, forwards, and they're both like it's going to be interesting. I think to see which one is more highly rated. But I also, you know, I, I would say that there's a potential that there'd be room for both of them if they both wanted to come. So um, I, I do agree with you, though. I do think that Mitchell yeah, is probably so the more a, likely one. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so Shaw's like a you know a back end of the top one hundred type guy um, at this point. Of course, you know what? Who knows what another year will will do for you and stuff. And uh, frankly, I don't I don't really know a ton about uh, his game to be completely honest with you. But um, Mitchell's a guy who just you know looks like a, a prototypical big Bill Self wing guy who can kind of do it all offensively. Um, obviously you never know how a guy's going to defend at the college level until they get there. So I'm, you know, don't think we need to really project that, but offensively anyway, I think he would fit in, uh, really from day one. So I think he's probably, uh, should be one of the top, um, priorities in, in next year's class. Um, and then try, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think if you got a guy who, uh, is from the area and is a back, back end of the top 100 type guy, four star, um, 
I think you'd rather have him than a guy who's from, you know, somewhere else just because you want to keep those relationships. And uh, if a five star comes around, you want to be able to have the inside track on him, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, it's always nice to, to cheer for a local guy. I mean, the fans really got behind uh, Reed and Morningstar and obviously get behind Brown and, and you know, Wayne Simeon was a big favorite back in the day and, and Perry Ellis, obviously. So. Yeah, I mean, um, well, nice and, and also think Ochai I mean, you know, from right here in yeah. the area. So, yeah, I mean, it's 100%. like Kansas has a really good track record of picking up guys who aren't necessarily at the top of the recruiting class from the local area. And while they don't they don't usually have an immediate impact, they tend to be the ones that, one, a lot of fans really attach to, and two, stick around for quite a while and actually make a big impact on the program. I mean, Yeah, you know, it always hurts, too, to, to lose a guy. Uh from a local, you know, whether it be because they wanted to go somewhere else or you didn't really, uh, you know, didn't really pursue them heavily. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking Mitch Ballack, who ended up being one of the best shooters in the country at Creighton, you know, comes to mind. Um, I think Kansas kind of pursued him pretty heavily, if I remember correctly, out of, yeah. out of high school. But he wanted to go somewhere where he could probably play a little bit earlier and stuff. Um, yep. But, boy, Kansas sure would have. Would have loved to have him on the team last year with how poorly they shot the ball last year. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us tonight, Fetch. Uh, thank, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast, and you can subscribe to us there so you get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you can give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments, it would be absolutely great. Um, you know, it really does get the show out there so that more people can see it so we can bring you guys more of the content that you really do love. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you ever have any comments, questions, suggestions, people who wants to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at, at rockchalkpod. Um, now, now that we're on Anchor, you can actually leave us a voicemail. Just go to uh, anchor.fm slash rock-chalk-podcast slash message. And we can get your voice on the show. But uh, that's going to do it for us today. Fetch, thanks again for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Network.